Thank you, guys. How's everyone doing this evening? Good? Excited to be here? <laughs> that was the single most apprehensive yes I've ever heard. <laughs> but regardless, welcome uh, to Oceanside. We're glad that you're here this evening. And um, I, uh, I've had a very tough week. Um, I literally was clearing my schedule because Mark asked me to do a 2020 teaching on what I would deem as one of the hardest passages to figure out in the history of mankind. It was somewhere deep, deep in the dark caverns of the book of Daniel, and I found myself cross-eyed looking at these beasts and these horns and all these things. I couldn't sleep at night. And, and anyway, Mark said, why don't you just double dip and preach something out of there? And I thought, I'm a little depressed out of this reading. I'm just kidding. It was a wonderful reading and a wonderful experience, but I actually couldn't double dip because I really felt like God had put something on me to encourage each and every one of us with. And it's in an area that I'll, I'll, I'll go into in a second, but, but I really feel like through this last time, God has highlighted a verse. And the last two times that I've preached, I've shared this verse, and lo and behold, I'm here again, and I'm going to share this verse one more time. It's Psalm 127, and it says this, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes, but in vain. And it is vain for you to rise up early and to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil for he gives blessings to his beloved sleep, to his beloved in sleep. And Lord, this evening, I just pray right now that, Holy Spirit, won't you speak to our hearts, won't you minister to us this evening. Lord, we thank you that your word, it says in Hebrews, is quick and powerful, and it's sharper than, two -edged, than a two-edged sword, and it penetrates even to divide soul from spirit, joints from marrow, and it judges the intents, the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. And this evening, God, I just pray that your word would divide your spirit of truth in our lives, where we believed lies, that your truth would come in, where we've relied on the flesh, that your spirit would come in and remind us of what it is that you've called us to. So this evening, God, we just open our hands, we just surrender our hearts to you, and we still ourselves, and we just say, Holy Spirit, won't you have your way? Won't you minister to us this evening in power? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but for myself and my family, over this last while, we have felt like God is really shaking us in the most wonderful ways. I mean, obviously, we're going through things in our world at the, at the moment, but we as a family have really felt God calling us back into a very simple way of life. Um, living on less, doing less things just for the sake of doing them, engaging less in technology just for wasting time, but, but simplifying our lives so that we have more time for what is important. And I, I, I've noticed on this journey for myself that I've, I almost sense that this type of journey really opened me up to like maybe more like anxiousness or fear or like worry or like what am I doing what am I doing and I've just felt God highlight to me over this time that the reason I feel this way is because I put my trust in the wrong places and tonight I want to speak about anxiety and fear more importantly I want to speak about the fact that the Bible says this be anxious for nothing. Who here has ever experienced anxiety in your life? Anyone? 
Some of you are being honest and the rest of you are lying. Wonderful. Well, I got news for you. I can ask again because the truth is anxiety is actually not a sin. But if I give you the definition of anxiety, are you ready for this? It says this. This is our world definition. Anxiety is defined as a state of apprehension. Apprehension is simply the fear that something bad or unpleasant may take place. Uncertainty and fear resulting from anticipation of a realistic or imagined threatening event or situation. You know, if you're like me and you've experienced anxiety, then you know this about anxiety. Anxiety tells us very quickly and very simply that we are human. You ever felt that thing inside of you that suddenly went, I don't know the outcome. I am not in control like I thought I was in control. Anyone? Proverbs 12, 25 says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good, encouraging word makes it glad. And there's something that I've perceived in my own life is that I can respond to anxiety in two very humanistic ways. Very humanistic ways. And some of us, we can relate more uh, to one than the other. But the first person relates to anxiety like this. Oh my gosh, it's right here. I want to talk about it. I don't know what to do. I'm freaked out. Oh my gosh, it's so big. It's huge. That's one way. The other way, it's not real. It's not there. Don't look at it. It's ugly. And I have to say, I am very much person B. Cold face, parents were leaders, you just forge ahead. Business owners, you just don't look at it, it's ugly. But can I just say this? Both approaches are extremely humanistic. Anxiety brings us to a crossroads in our lives. It's that pressure, it's that wonder, it's that worry. What are we going to do? And when we get to the crossroads, we always, as Christians, as humans, we have an opportunity to veer one way or the next. And the one way is to give in to that anxiety, which actually leads to fear. Or the other way is to give in to the plans and purposes of God. I want to read out of Matthew 8. We all know this story super well. It's the story about Jesus preaching to multitudes of people on on the shore of this big body of water that is about to turn into a psychedelic storm. Matthew 8, 23, it says, When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Notice, the disciples didn't make the plan to get into the boat and get on the water. Jesus led the way and his disciples followed him into the boat and onto the water. And it says here, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves. See, the writer of this, Matthew, he's used this word, this this word for storm. It's the word seismos. Does that sound like a different word, seismos? We, We hear the word seismic. It's like pretty substantial. And in fact, Matthew only uses this word in two other spots in his account of the gospel. And it's in in relation to the earthquake that takes place when uh, Jesus dies on the cross and the earthquake that takes place when he is risen again. 
So this is a, what, what Matthew is saying here is, this is not just a storm. This is a serious storm. We go on, it says, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. And the men were amazed and said, what kind of a man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him, or the winds and the waves obey him? And Jesus said under his breath, no man at all. That's not in there. You see, for us as Christians, we have to remember something about this story. Because I can't help but think Jesus got in the boat and led his disciples. Jesus took his disciples into a storm. For us as Christians, our lives are not marked by the lack of storms. But by who is with us in the storm. Isn't it true that when we're in a place of anxiety or fear, the enemy tells us why we should be afraid? You're not good enough. You're not this. You don't measure up. You don't qualify. You're this, that, the other. But isn't it interesting, in this midst of utter panic and turmoil of fear, anxiety on the boat, what does Jesus say? Does Jesus tell them what they're afraid of? No. Jesus says, why are you afraid? I just imagine like Jesus standing like on the front of the boat and his like disciples are there and he's like, why are you afraid? And it's like this wave is just like behind him. And it's like, what? What's wrong? Calm. You know, but it, it almost seems like a silly question. But why is Jesus asking them this question? Why are you afraid? Can I say this? Is that when we accept anxiety as normal in our lives, here's what we can expect. We'll we'll make it super practical. Are you ready? And I'm going to be watching husbands and wives to see how they look at each other here. It's not me. It's not me. Oh, it's you. Here we go. When we accept anxiety in our lives, here's what we can see begin to manifest itself. Irritability. Difficulty sleeping. Excessive worry. Fatigue, restlessness, impaired concentration, increased muscle aches and soreness, paranoia. Do any of these sound familiar to us? Have any of us us experienced these things? Yeah. Thank you. Right this second. No. (laughs) But isn't it true? All these types of things, when we start to give in to anxiety, can begin to surface in our lives. But here's the thing that's actually crazy to me when you think about it. We, f- we, hit, we hit this anxiety in our lives. We hit this point of anxiousness. We start to get these things. And then all of a sudden, it begins to manis- manifest itself in our physical bodies. Difficulty sleeping, fatigue, restlessness, da-da-da-da-da. And you know what we do instinctively? We run to the doctor and we say, doctor, doctor, I can't sleep. Give me pills. Think about it. And do you know what we're doing? We're medicating in the natural what was never in the natural. It was in the spiritual. 
And all of a sudden, we're medicating symptoms instead of dealing with a spiritual issue. Do you know what happens? Fear is a spirit. If I can't sleep at night, if I can't think straight, all of these things are very, they're happening in my body, but guess what? There is another realm at play. Ephesians 6 says it so simply. It reminds us that the battle that we're in is not a flesh and blood battle. And we know the scripture and we read it. It says, look, in conclusion, in verse 10, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending only with physical components, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. You and I, as part of the body of Christ, are in a battle. We are in a battle, and we can never forget that. You see, you're part of a church, right? And we're in a kingdom. But the same church, the same body that Jesus says is the body of Christ, the same community that is the bride of Christ, the same community that is the family of God is also the army of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood thinking, how practical is this? When our lives are controlled by the spirit of fear, and I start trying to medicate myself in the physical for things that are spiritual, and then that medication starts chasing the other medication because it's just done this and done that, and chasing this and chasing one, and all the while, God is saying, do you not know that I have not given you a spirit of fear? I have given you... Power, love, and a sound mind. You see, the enemy works in our minds. That's what he does. 1 Corinthians says this. In, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we can be unbelieving believers. We can say, God, we embrace your gospel. We do these things. And then when the spirit of fear comes knocking, we do this reverse transaction. It's like we can renounce the fact that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And instead, we embrace the spirit of fear in exchange for power, love, and a sound mind. And God is saying he wants to reverse that transaction and put it in the appropriate order. Because he is not coming back for a bride that is fearful and anxious. He's coming back for a bride that is full of faith and victorious. One Corinthians two says this, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. 
We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of the human reasoning and to, and to destroy false arguments. This is Paul. Not worldly weapons, God's mighty weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. How quickly do we as Christians default to human reasoning? I'm anxious because of this, this, that. I have reasons. I have reasons to be anxious. And guess what? You have reasons to not be anxious. You see, when we realize that every day that we live and anxiety knocks at the door, we have a choice. React in fear or respond to God. Every day. But we have to know this, is that when we give in to fear, we start to play the enemy's game. And the, el- and the enemy is a schemer. This is what he does. When we think we're not good enough, he starts to speak to us. When we think we're too good, he starts to speak to us. He is a liar. He is roaming around like a roaring lion. When we think we're good, when we think we're independent, he starts targeting us. And he's always pushing us and driving at us and all these things. And yet God is always drawing us. He's always calling us back in. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. Just thinking, you know, in this whole um, time that's going on in our world, right? We've got this whole coronavirus running rampant and and people are freaked out and, and all these things. And this can work in our lives either for the good or for the bad. And some of us, we are very highly prone. We have to take precautions. We have to be wise and all these things. And some of us have responded to this just flat out in fear. Just straight up in fear. We're freaked out. We're, we, we don't know what to do. We're, all these things. And let me just say this. Is that if fear has controlled your decision making in this process, God wants to set you free. Think about the enemy. I had this, I had this crazy this crazy experience recently on a boat. Okay? We were on a boat and it was a really beautiful morning. We're out on the boat and we're just hanging out there doing our thing. And um, it's just wonderful. And then all of a sudden, one guy on the boat turns like this with his hands and he says, You didn't put the plug in the boat. I hear there's some boaters out there, hey? We open the hatch. Oh, the hatch. Open the hatch, and we realize the water is licking almost to the floor that we're standing in. <laughs> Needless to say, there was a perfect crossroads opportunity to give in to fear and anxiety and utter mayhem. We can be sitting at home right now, and through this COVID thing, you might have just sat at home with no actual fears and worries. You just, church is online, it's easy, let's just do it, we, and you've got no plan, no plan yet 
to come back into community. Can I just say, this for you can go wrong when it feels like it's too late. Do you know how the enemy targets us? You know how he measures our weakness? Not by our size, not by our strength. He measures our weakness by how far we are from the pack. I just feel to encourage each and every one of us, if you're watching online, if you have wandered from the pack, please do not be deceived that you are okay. Because God never designed you or me or any of us to be on our own. I have never, in my life, I have never seen a nose work really well that was not connected to a face. I've never seen a soldier conquer a nation when he was fighting on his own. I've never seen a bride that's a bride that's not connected to a husband. So if you're out there, and this is you, and you just have got no plan, I'm encouraging you. Can I, can I give you a little encouragement? Come home. Okay? Come home. If you're sitting on your couch, you're somewhere there, I just want to say to you, come home. Because what God has for you, you cannot accomplish outside of community. The enemy roars around like a, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. Whoever thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. God is calling us into community. He's calling us to serve him and love him in the context of his body and his kingdom. And it's done in union with him and in union with each other. Psalm 94 says this. In the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me, your comforts cheer and delight my soul. And I want to ask you a question this evening. Is fear and anxiety your current battle? Is it? This morning, if you're standing and sitting in your, in your room, is fear and anxiety your current battle? Because if it is, I want you just to take a moment. I want you to stand up where you are. If it's your current battle, be honest with me. And here's how I want you to ask yourself. Not like me, because I think it can be a guy thing, is, oh, just push it away. It's fine. It's fine. It's all these things. But you know what that scripture says uh, at the very beginning here in, in Psalms 127? Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Except he guards the city, we guard in vain. And in, it is in vain that we rise early and we eat the bread of anxious toil. Some of us, it's workaholism. Some of us, it's dotting our T's, crossing our I's, making sure the bank accounts is. We can just have these moments where fear and anxiety is always knocking at the door, and we've pushed it so far away from an emotional experience that we don't realize the grip it has on our lives. But God is calling us back into a place of trusting Him. So if you're standing there, I want to say thank you for standing up. And what I want to do right now, because the Bible tells us to be still and know that he is God.
There's this amazing passage in John 14. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Philippians 4 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, the world says, oh, do you want to deal with anxiety? Okay, sit down, take a breath, deal with the situation one step at a time. Do this, do that. Here's three steps. And God says exactly the opposite. I will give you peace that passes understanding. See, we try and find peace in understanding. And God says, no, no, no. I will breathe my peace into you beyond understanding. Why? So that at the end of it, we're not leaning on ourselves, but we're leaning on him. Verse 8 says, and now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I want to close with this, Romans 8. Can anything separate us from, the, from, love, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we bow our heads? Lord, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear. You haven't given us a spirit of complacency or anxiety. Lord, and I thank you that it's in your presence that we find fullness of joy. And Lord, I just pray this evening as we're sitting here, as your word says, be anxious for nothing. But with prayers and petitions, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, we just choose right now, even in this moment, to make our requests known to you. Not in a state of panic or worry, but simply because we know that you are God. And Lord, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord who sees and the Lord who provides. And God, in this divine exchange, I just pray right now that you would release your peace in and among us now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the great comforter. Lord, you don't help us to avoid uncomfortable situations, but you comfort us in uncomfortable situations. 
Lord, areas where we've relied on our own strength, I just pray, God, that there would be a shift in our hearts, that we would look to you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, we just say to you this evening, we love you so much. May our lives be worshipped to you, Father. Lord, we lift our hands and we just say we surrender to you, God. Mm -hmm. The champion of heaven. Mm -hmm. The king of our hearts. God, we thank you that you're coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Mm -hmm. Lord, we just choose to honor you right now in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Just as the band begins to, to play the challenging message for us today, poignant message for us today. I just want to, just before the band uh, lead us in this last song, we have a time of response. Maybe just, just stand with us uh, this evening. You can just get ready to respond here. I think we all have something to respond to. Just to say, if you're listening at home there, if you're in here and you're really struggling with something, if, you're, if something in there has really spoken to you and you're wondering how to walk through it, we would love to hear from you. If you're at home, please head onto our website. There's ways to contact us there. Send us an email. We would love uh, from our leadership team to reach out to you, to navigate through difficult things with you from a, from a place of faith and, and reasonableness. And it's easy to hear a challenging message sometimes and be offended. Sometimes our fear can have such a strong point of us and, and take offense at what's going on. And I just feel that just after Wes uh, just finished there, I just want to say God wants you to re-examine, like Wes said in his message, the root cause of that thing in our lives. We've got amazing psychiatrists in our, in our congregation. We've got amazing doctors who prescribe things, who love people, who see things both from a spiritual and a physical way. But the truth is if we just go to the physical, like Wes said, if we, that's the first thing we go to, we're missing something. So it's not to say let's chuck out immediately what's been prescribed or with coronavirus to chuck out social distancing. Coronavirus is real. We've got families in the church who've been really affected by it. But is it control us from a point of spiritual fear? That's what we're examining today. So let's listen to what's really being shared here. And let's, as, this, as the band lead us in a, in a final word here, let's just come humbly before God and let's ask God, show me that thing. Is this thing that I'm holding on to? Is this thing that I've got? Do I need to deal with this in the physical or do I need to come back to you for the spiritual? So thank you for that message. God's really at work here. The enemy is also really at work in our times as well. Let's not be ignorant of that. And let's ask God to bring his light, to bring his power into each and every situation. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Ben.